Welcome to Between Sundays. I'm Tyler, and this year I'm focusing on what really matters and walking through the doorway to my best possible life. Barry's here to let his love overflow more and more and share about his intro to Philippians. But before we grow in knowledge and understanding, now that they've longed for this moment with tender compassion, let's welcome in our favorite pure and blameless co-hosts, Marin and Barry. Good day, guys. Good day. <laughs> Good day. Good day. Good day. Can we someday just do a compilation of your intros, Yeah, Tyler? we gotta do a best of. <laughs> just, we can do an entire show of just your intros. <laughs> someday, someday we're gonna have like a another pod prod, another... Uh, uh, producer mm-hmm. who's incredible and they are going to be able to put together best of clips and it's going to be great someday someday yeah that was uh we we've been off a couple weeks <laughs> yeah i had covid and so we just i just shut everything down <laughs> uh but one of the things i wish we had in our pocket was a best of you yeah. know best of 2020 yeah. and we, uh, a clip i guess show. that falls on me to do that but i didn't do yeah, it you don't have the time so. there's no way um <laughs> All right. I started something last month. I'm going to keep doing it this month. So uh, before we get started, I wanted to tell friends of the pod that all month long, we're studying Philippians together at Grace Church. Every week, we'll be posting a reading plan and questions at gracechurch.us slash BYOB that we want you to join in. We also created a new Facebook group that is dedicated to diving deeper into scripture. And if you want to join a community with believers who care about digging into scripture, join us at facebook.com slash groups slash grace BYOB. Uh, I joined. Are you guys in the group? Oh, yeah. I'm in. Posting nerdy nerdy things. It's good. Yeah, I can't wait to uh, see how this group blossoms and uh, stimulates my spiritual life. So join join the group, everybody. (laughs) You know what you need, Tyler? Are you done? I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, why don't you tell me what I need? I think what you need is some kind of like unique music that goes underneath your little brought to you by segments. Yeah, we got to have advertising music. Yeah, totally. So people know when to Make it sound just like elevator music, though, like Bossa Nova. (laughs) Uh, guys new year new new you guys yeah absolutely everything in my (laughs) life has changed overnight (laughs) it's brand new Uh, i'm out of the covid doldrums i haven't seen you in a long time i'm so happy to catch up with you you got real sick how are you feeling i feel fine i'm good now i'm i'm out of quarantine my whole family tested positive uh the week of christmas so i actually Mm. have christmas to look forward to all of our christmases were were canceled and now we get to do that this weekend um but i'm doing fine i'm doing i'm doing good thanks to everybody who reached out to us um whether you delivered food or sent us gift cards or just sent us anything to tell us you're thinking about us or praying for us. I, we really appreciated that. Um, everybody's doing okay. And yeah, we're, we're turning the page on, on COVID. So we're good. This is my first day back. So welcome back. I feel like I'm thriving right now. (laughs) (laughs) Living your best possible 2021. (laughs) How are you guys? Uh. What's new? Marin, how Barry, are you? what you got? No, oh, no. really, I was relying <laughs> on you like for three this segment. Weeks. No, I'm, you guys, I am good. I took I took the last week <laughs> off, and other than the fact that I had to kind of work on my sermon, I was really off, and it was it was one of the better staycations I've had, where I could actually mm. disconnect my mind. Um, I worked on, I, I made a really pretty, well, it's not done yet, but I'm making a little side table for my coffee mug in the morning. Yeah, we talked about this, your coffee <laughs> mug we? table. You've so really- I'm making that, and it's really pretty. And, uh, it's a, it's part of an old, uh, part of this, uh, black walnut slab that I had. And I put in a little bow tie, um, 
which is yeah. to prevent it from splitting where it's like, anyway, it's very nice. So it's cute. very pretty. Uh, <laughs> And I, yeah, I hung out, watched some, watched some shows, watched movies, play video games, hung out with Olivia and Cleo and the bunnies and did a little bit of work around the farm. It was great. Add the coffee mug table to the list of things that let you know that you've truly arrived. <laughs> you have a table, handcrafted table only for your coffee mug. That's what that it's for. That is when you know you've made it. Add it to the list of the microwave drawer and the bottom freezer drawer in your fridge. <laughs> if you have these things, you know you've arrived. Well, here's the here's the dilemma. <laughs> girl, if you drawer. do if you make your own things, this is where the dilemma comes in. So I have a, a spot in my my office right behind me here that I usually have a chair, but I don't use it to read in the morning because I don't have a place to put my coffee mug. I get but, that. So it's like, okay, just get a table, but I can't get a table when I am capable of making a table. And so now I'm forced to just wait until I ma- I've made this table to be able to sit down and read a book in my spot. So <laughs> it's a uh, <laughs> It's like when I, when I learned how to, how to do leatherworking, you know, like I'm never yeah. going to be able to buy a bag or buy a journal cover or anything. I've got to make it. Cause you can't just buy some, you know, cheap prefab made in China kind of thing when you have the ability to make it with your own two hands. So the, the, the lesson so here is don't learn how to do things. Of you. <laughs> punk rock of you me. Just, you talk and I'm like, he's so DIY. Does he not even hear it? No. You're, you're, you're. You're like the best punk rocker I know, but you're not. But you're not. Only time in yeah. my life that anything wow. about if me he has had been a compared for to every punk time rock, somebody told him that. I would have five cents. <laughs> 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 anyway, so I'm good. I, I got to I got to do all the things I love, um, and I I came back without being too exasperated by time off, which I usually am because I get overwhelmed by the need to relax. Yes. So. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Anyway, yeah. so I'm I'm good. I'm I'm firing on all cylinders. Marin, what about you? How how are you? Yeah, what's new, Marin? Yeah, I I got to take some time off. Like you said, there's always kind of little things to do here and there. Um, my family of four went to visit my sisters who live in the same very very small mountain town of Spruce Pine, North Carolina, mm-hmm. and it was great. We we all when we visit my sisters, we all four have to sleep in one room. Oh. And so that's okay. <laughs> yes. That's fine. Yep. And like I said, I had a little bit of work to do because Sunday is always coming and we've got more recordings to do and all that. So I waited till everyone went to sleep and then started working only to find out the next morning when my son was just super crabby with me about how loud I type. Tyler, oh, you know how I can, loud I, I can type? attest. <laughs> <laughs> you an angry typer. I have these piano fingers that just hammer away. So I guess I kept everyone up and that was the last night that I worked. You can tell Marin's mood based on how heavy handed she is with her keyboard. (laughs) It's true. (laughs) You can tell what kind of mood she's in. (laughs) Yeah. So it was good. We got to do um, lots of outdoor stuff. That's the thing we love to do the most when we go down there, see as many waterfalls as we can and go hiking and I was cracking up because you guys must have gone on a particularly great hike because all four of you all of your social media was filled with the same scenes like you all posted pictures we went to the top of Roan Mountain if any listener knows where that is and it's just the most like picturesque views it's not a terribly difficult hike normally but it was just a solid sheet of ice mm-hmm. so so it was a very difficult hike just slip sliding all the way up and all the way down um but yeah when you get to the top you could just see for miles and miles and miles it's right 
on the Appalachian Trail. So it was just fun. It was fun to watch the kids like do their little Insta shoot for each other. Like (laughs) Jaden is posing and Desi's posing and they're snapping pictures of each other. And it was super, super cute. Well, my favorite moment is when I was wondering if Jed like let you fall down the ice or like left you in the woods or something. Cause his, his post was like most beautiful views, but the most beautiful of all is Marin. Yeah. Did you catch that? Yeah. That Very was, nice. uh, yeah. That, I was like, did Jed get in trouble for something? What, yes, what's he happening? Did. That, that's a man <laughs> yes. trying too hard. I knew it. So I'm glad. It I'm glad you noticed. Those are words of repentance. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. Completely. All right. Good. Anyway. Yeah. It was a, it was a really good time. My brother-in-law and I like to throw down. We made some good food. Oh, nice. It was it was just really good. I haven't seen my sisters in a long, long time. Mm-hmm. And yeah. Good. All right. Yeah. Well, we are uh, we are into week one of a brand new year and a brand new sermon series called Together. And um, Barry, you gave the message this past weekend. Um, we're, and we're doing something cool kind of to kick off the year uh, in, a, in an effort to, you've kind of framed it as like, we're going to do something that really actually matters. And that is we're going to study the book of Philippians together as the, as, as, as a church community. Yeah. Um, but you kicked off the, the weekend. And before you begin, talk about uh, one of the choices you've made just not just for this past weekend, but for the mm-hmm. whole series. Yeah. And that is, uh, you basically, you basically like went off book and, uh, yeah. uh told a big story <laughs> without notes, like gave a sermon without notes, which I've not seen happen at grace for a while. I don't know if I've ever seen it. Yeah. Uh, what made you, you never going to see me do that? It's, it's <laughs> well, really crazy. what made you want to we... do that? And why are we, why, why the <laughs> conscious decision to do that? Before we do that, can we define what off notes means? Because well, Barry, I think it means different things to different people. Barry prepared for sure, but yeah. he didn't have. I didn't like, have notes in front of words me. Words in front of your making face, making eye yeah. contact yeah. with yeah, yeah, the yeah. camera the whole time. Um, so it really isn't about the notes for me. More of what I'm trying to get across is like all, all December. You know, we had a, a unique way of showing our people online and at home that like this is for you. This is designed with you in mind. Um, and I just was thinking, okay, we don't have the capacity to do like pre-recorded, highly produced sermons all January. We just don't have that capacity right now. So I thought, okay, what is a way that we could kind of change things up so it doesn't just feel like, all right, I'm watching something that's happening in a room that I'm not in. And so I thought, okay, well, I could just really just focus on making it feel like casual and engaging and, and you know, that. And so for me, that meant not staring down at my finely crafted words that I've worked hard to like... (laughs) pick and choose and be very intentional with it. It meant flying without a net and just sort of saying whatever came to mind as I was talking through the outline that I had memorized. So, uh, yeah, basically that's what it was and that's why I did it. And, and I, we're doing I hope, that all month, right? Well, the, the, I, I have told Amy and Marin, <laughs> right, Marin? No. and Tim, like just the, the idea Actually. is the casual engaging thing. And go. if you need notes to do if whatever, I'm not telling everyone I have to have the whole thing memorized or whatever, but I'm guessing Marin being the over achiever that she is she's gonna try to to do that but i'm writing it on my hands yeah. that's what i'll do <laughs> well i just yeah, i'm working on <laughs> so this so what was one the experience like weekend. like how did that feel uh, to you uh it's fine the, the fact is it goes so fast because like 
I actually asked them to put a giant timer counting up on the back screen. That was hilarious. So there's this massive timer on the back screen (laughs) that's just counting up to 20. And I was supposed to get to 20. And I think I did like 25. But wait, um, why? The the timer turned red when you got past 20. (laughs) So it just looked like it just looked like something cataclysmically awful was going to happen. Yeah. And (laughs) giant red flashing numbers. But I'm glad I had that because I was like, I would it would it would be so easy to just get up there and just talk for like an hour. I, mm-hmm. I, so it was good to force myself to do that. It was a little bit stressful trying to get all the information through there, but, um, I don't know. It was fun. I, and the, the like having the map and have being able to tell the story of Paul's visit to Philippi and all that, like that's, that's fun stuff. I, I wasn't trying to, you know, delineate a three point outline about the you know theories of the atonement or I was just like, let's just tell a story and let's open the word and look at what how the, how this comes to life in light of the story. And so mm-hmm. that's kind of what it was all about. Yeah. It, it kind of felt like you were, um, you were, you were telling a story like the whole time, uh, mm-hmm. you were telling a contextual history, a story about, uh, history and a lot of like world behind the text stuff that, yeah. um, yeah, the whole thing just kind of felt like I was engaged in the story, like a, a snapshot of Paul's life. And and <clears throat> what the reason I did that, and you'll, I'll be doing it something similar this weekend too, as I kind of zoom in a little bit on Paul, the context of Paul writing this from prison and helping us t- try to imagine what that was like and how that kind of plays into some of the things that he writes. Well, I'll, the reason I do it is because most of the time when we read scripture, all we're looking at are these just random words on a page. Mm-hmm. And when it says, you know, every time I think of you, I give thanks. It's like, we don't think about who you is. We just, mm-hmm. we just kind of move right past yeah. it. But when you know, like, oh, there's, there's a rich backstory here. There's relationships here. There's history. Like it suddenly you're like, oh, that's what he mm-hmm. means yeah. when he says that. No wonder he said it this way. No one, you know, and so it, all of a sudden it, it just gets teeth and, and it, it yeah. I find it. Um, it really brings the passage to life and lets it actually affect you and change you in a way that maybe it wouldn't have otherwise. So yeah, that's why we're doing it that way. And then you drew a cool map on a chalkboard. It was my favorite part of that. Wasn't that it was excellent. Um, thank you. If that's what you're implying that it was, it was not, it was, it was not a bad map. I'll say I got it. to it was, witness it the creation of this map. Yeah, she came up and told me, excuse me, that should be jutting out more. And I was like, all right. <laughs> My favorite part is that you've included like little islands. Yeah. Those are not at all to scale. They Those were so just, cute. I mean, it's an archipelago. Like, so I, I would have just kind of missed there. it. I would have been like, hey. He had his cell phone in his left hand and his marker in his right <laughs> hand. Sure. And he was just going for it. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> It's like I would have I would have known that that was not accurate if those little islands were not there. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> you, know, like you call that the Aegean, the GNC. <laughs> yeah. uh, but looking at the geography of the whole like story actually like drew me in way more than mm-hmm. just like hearing it because it's incredible. Well, how so? Like what what was it? That- Our, yeah, it was it was thinking about like, all right, in 2021, how long would it take for me to go from Philippi to Rome or Ephesus or whatever probably wouldn't yeah. take long, a couple hours, no. like airplane or whatever. Thinking about how long it must have taken him to do that much traveling, yeah. Um, and he did it with a laser focus of just talking about the gospel. That's all mm-hmm. he wanted to do. And mm-hmm. how long? I don't know how long that it had to take years. It had to take years for him to do that, right? Yeah. Like he's on a boat. Probably right. some of the time he's walking around some of the time. I don't know if he's on like horses or what he's doing, but like 
wait, are there horses or what was? There, yeah, they had horses, but they weren't as big as the horses today. And most likely they would have been well out of the reach of someone like Paul. So he took a boat from Troas to the, yeah. the port near Philippi. And then he walked to Athens. And, and, mm. and okay. So if that's the case, like where did he stay? He probably stayed at people's houses along the way or they just slept rough uh, on the side of the road. You know, they probably had a little pack that they would sleep on and it's probably normal. So if, if his laser focus took him around that area and I've never been over there, so I don't know like how big that area is, but it's a, it, it's Italy. <laughs> it's yeah. like the whole yeah, yeah, thing, yeah. you know, um, knowing that it probably took him years to do this and he didn't have anywhere to like stay. There's no hotels. Okay. So, right. He had this laser focus. Imagine how many people he talked to along the way about mm. this. Um, so it just seeing the geography of it, I was like, it, it, it took me to that. It took me to the story in ways that maybe it wouldn't have if you would have just said he was in Ephesus and then he went over to Philippi right. and he was in Troas. Right. And like, I don't know what right. that means, but seeing it. Um, OK, it is a if you were to go from Philippi down through Thessalonica and through or, you know, oh, down to Athens, that was that is a five day walk. If you were hmm. just walking straight for five straight days, so it probably would take him several weeks to actually make that yeah. walk. But he stops wow. for, you know, weeks or months at a time along the way. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, to give you a sense of scale. And so the theme, if the theme of the year or the theme of the sermon is focusing on what matters, like it was clear if he's if he's doing that much traveling for that one hmm. purpose. Yeah. Like, clearly, that's what mattered to him. That was yeah. his mission. He was laser laser focused on it. Um, so you you really like framed it in a in a storytelling sort of way. What what elements of the story that you told everything from like Lydia mm-hmm. story of Lydia to <clears throat> the supernatural stuff with the jailer? Um, what what elements of that really like stand out or stood out to you guys in terms of like impact on on how you see the story or how how it impacts your life? I think I think the what what really worked well for me this time as I looked at the story was putting Act 16 up against Philippians 1 or mm. the whole book of Philippians, but specifically Philippians 1 and realizing that when you read Act 16, you get facts. You get he met Lydia. She was converted. Her whole household was converted. She insisted that they stay at their house. There were these other Jewish women. There's this slave girl. There's this jailer. Like you get the facts. But then you read Philippians 1 and you see Paul just like effusively telling them how much he loves them and how blown away he is by their compassion. And I can't believe you guys sent me all this money to help me while I was in prison. We'll talk more about that this week. Like, you know, I'm sending back uh, Epaphroditus, your guy, to you. He brought me the money and I'm sending him back to you. And I just want you to know, like, I am wild about you. You're so, and so all of a sudden you read this love and he's just so passionate about them. He thanks God every time he prays, specifically for the Philippian church. Some, and then you, then you lay that over Acts 16 and you're like, oh, something amazing must have been happening. Like he must have been having a really mm. great time with these people. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so then you kind of, then your, your imagination kind of starts to fill in the rest. And, and if it's true that Lydia is a Gentile, which we think, but we don't know for sure. Cause it just says that she feared God, but that's kind of code for someone who was worshiping the Jewish God, but wasn't actually Jewish. Um, if she was a Gentile and she's the first prominent Gentile that he then bring converts to Christianity. And then she is insisting she's wealthy. She's insisting they stay at her house. Like, I don't even know what that whole experience would have been like, but Paul was not 
he was not the kind of guy that like was living high on the hog, but here he is at this wealthy cloth merchant's house sitting, probably having these grand feasts that she's throwing because she's so grateful for learning the the truth about Jesus. And all these people, this, this ragtag group of people are coming from all over Philippi to come hear this, this gospel. And they're, they're having this phenomenal time. I mean, this is right after he had that prayer or that, that vision of the man from Macedonia asking him to come Mm. across and bring the gospel. And all of a sudden it's like a rich, rich time of joy and life. And I mean, I, I just imagine this would have been one of those sweet moments that he looked back on fondly the rest of his time, the rest of his mm. ministry in Greece, the rest of his ministry, you know, when he's in, in prison in chains, he's remembering those like glory days of bringing the gospel mm. to Europe and watching it just flourish. So that to me, that laying those two things on top of each other suddenly makes it just really, really cool. Yeah. 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 What about yeah. you, Marin? What, what parts of the story stood out to you or stand out to you? Well, Again, the map really helped to understand, and Barry, you laid this out really well, why the Philippians would have seen themselves essentially as Roman citizens. Yeah. And then why Paul would have taken such great care to talk about how, hey, if you're a follower of Christ, your citizenship is in heaven. Mm -hmm. Your allegiance is in heaven. And here you are proud to, you know, be a colony of Rome, but you don't even get it. Your citizenship, you have rights in the kingdom of God in heaven. And so that was really cool. I don't think I knew. I I didn't quite understand the connection Mm -hmm. between Philippi and Rome again, especially mm-hmm. being so far away. And you made that clear in your map. How can a little colony all the way over here, right. you know, why would they be so afraid when they realized that they had flogged Roman citizens? Just kind of, again, that's all the world behind the text stuff that really mm-hmm. brings the story to life in greater detail and then helps me to even more richly understand Paul's words when he's talking about our citizenship being in heaven. Right. Yeah. I mean, I love it. I, I pointed, I, I put this on the Facebook group, but there's like a whole bunch of extra little tidbits about the whole battle of Philippi. But I mean, long story short, if you lived in Philippi and even in Paul's time, you knew that it was at your city that the first Roman emperor, Caesar Augustus defeated the guys that killed Julius Caesar. This was when the empire was founded. It started right here. And so no wonder they're proud to be Romans. And, um, and it was Caesar Augustus who began emperor worship. He was the one who deified his his mm-hmm. great uncle Julius Caesar, and it became normal then to, to deify the, the uh, emperor alongside all the other gods. And so, uh, by the time of Paul, I, I mean this is what a uh, hundred ish years after the Battle of Philippi. Uh, all of a sudden, you know, it's normal to think of uh, to say, you know, that Caesar is our savior and lord. And mm. so now oh, this wow. is like, that's like basic Roman citizen 101 to know that Caesar is Lord. And now you're coming into to Philippi, this proud Roman colony and saying, ah, actually, Jesus is Lord and <laughs> your citizenship isn't Rome at all. It's heaven. So, yeah, yeah, I agree. It's it comes alive when you start to realize all that. Yeah. So was was. Paul in jail when he wrote the Philippians letter? Yeah, yeah. Uh, the the one thing we don't know is whether he was in jail in Ephesus or in Rome. Uh, he was in jail several times, but there's some little tiny tidbits in the letter to the Philippians that kind of make us think maybe it was... There, there's a great argument. We could get into it if you really care, but... I think <laughs> Ephesus, I agree with N.T. Wright that it was Ephesus. Um, so kind of 
on the right side of that map down the down the Aegean Sea. Uh, that was where he was imprisoned. Still but a bit of a hassle to get to, but not quite as far away as Rome. But yes, he was in prison. And based on the context of the letter, this was Epaphroditus, the guy from Philippi, brought the money, the gift that they brought for Paul while he was in prison, brought it to Paul, cared for him. Then he got super sick, possibly picked up something in the jail and almost died, but didn't. And Paul was so grateful for that. And so Paul wrote a letter to the church in Philippi to thank them for the money, gave it to Epaphroditus, and he took it back to Philippi and presumably read the letter aloud to them. And that was how they heard how Paul was doing. So like, this is the letter that he sent with Epaphroditus back to Philippi. I guess I don't know. Why, why was Paul in jail? According to Paul, for proclaiming the gospel of Christ. This was a okay, time, so. yeah, where, where the, it, frankly, in the Roman Empire, Jewish, the Jewish people were looked at as something of, of um, kind of oddities because they were monotheists or they called them atheists because they only believed in one God. They didn't believe in the pantheon of gods. Um, and but, but generally speaking, they were considered mostly harmless. They could kind of do their own thing. But now you had this new sect of Judaism, which was becoming really anti-imperial uh, that was starting to really, like I was saying, Jesus is Lord and citizens of heaven and all that. And so at some point um, in, in a lot of the cities that Paul went to, he was considered to be too much of a rabble rouser. He was anti anti-Rome or whatever. And so he'd be imprisoned and jailed for the message that he was speaking. So that's why he was in prison. Well, and even the one instance of him delivering um the young lady who, according to scripture, was demon possessed. Yes. And now she could no longer write. She could no longer, um, you know, see into the future and tell people's fortunes and make money Mm -hmm. for her captors. Mm -hmm. And so her captors dragged Paul before the authorities saying he just, uh, he just ruined our cash cow essentially, (laughs) (laughs) you know, so they, they could be imprisoned even for doing good things Mm -hmm. like setting captives free. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's, it's fascinating for me to think about like the logistics of how all that worked. Like it had, it had to be like, what's the dude's name that carried the letter? Epaphroditus. 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 So how did, how did he get connected to get the letter? Like how did he, he brought like the money about from logistics. Philippi. So I'll get into this this weekend, but if you were in jail back <clears> then or in prison back then, you were kind of on the hook to feed yourself and clothe yourself. They didn't have like a cafeteria for the prisoners. And so you'd have to rely on family or friends or well-wishers or, or almsgivers to come and give you the food that you needed to survive. It would have been a really nasty experience. Even if you were just, uh, it's the earliest known form of crowdfunding. Right. It was, uh, it was, it was a a GoFundMe (laughs) kind of thing. So somehow word got to Philippi that Paul was in prison and they were like, probably Lydia, I don't know, was like, well, that's not going to stand. We're going to make sure he is taken care of. We're going to make sure he is fed. He changed all of our lives. We're going to make sure that his his life is taken care of. And so they get all their money together, give it to their boy Epaphroditus and send him down to Ephesus or Rome. And so he hmm. brings brings them the, the brings Paul the money that he needs to be able to eat and be clothed. And think about how trustworthy and commendable Epaphroditus must have been to have this like pocket full of cash and to be trusted to deliver it safely and in its entirety. And again, now Paul knows he can trust Epaphroditus. And so Mm -hmm. he's trusting him with this letter. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, because like in TV shows or movies, you see a guy in jail, and if he's in jail for uh, spreading the gospel, mm-hmm. it in the TV and movies, the people that are running the jail like need to make sure that that guy doesn't do what he's in jail for anymore. So if he's writing letters, we're gonna confiscate those, and you're ne- they're never gonna see the light of day. <laughs> right. It's amazing that like this dude was let in and allowed to take mail <laughs> to <laughs> the church that Paul was in jail for like mm. communicating with in the first place or like starting in the first place. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. Crazy. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if it was done in some subversive way or if they were, if he was allowed to write letters and mm-hmm. correspond, I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's possible that like he's a Roman citizen, so they're not going to like really mess with him, but they're going to, keep him in jail so he can't keep preaching in the city streets or can't keep going mm-hmm. to the market and converting all these people. Like, I, I don't know. They may just be just trying to keep him out of trouble. And so corresponding with some friends isn't that big of a deal to them. Maybe. Yeah. I don't know. Um, so this is primarily just focused on Philippians chapter one, verse one through 11, right? Yeah, pretty much. I was just trying to kind of give an intro to the letter and that, that, mm-hmm part of the letter kind of captures what I would consider the big idea of the letter, which is he wants their love to continue to overflow and he wants their, he wants them to continue growing in knowledge and understanding and yeah. of Jesus. And that's, that's basically what the rest of the letter is all about. Um, and so what can we, what can we gain or learn about Paul just in these few verses? Like what, what, what should stand out to us about him and his type of character, his, his, who he was just in these first initial verses. What's the stand? I want to hear what you guys think before I babble on. The first thing that comes to mind is, uh, Philippians one twenty one. for to me to live is Christ and to die is gain. And so that just gives us a glimpse into his mindset in prison where he's like, I, I long to go home. I, I, I long to be in heaven, I long to be with Jesus, but it's better for all of you if I stay here and continue to do this work, even if it means I'm suffering for the sake of the gospel. And mm-hmm. again, even more world behind the text stuff, think about what ancient prisons must have been like. I mean, he's yeah. in squalid conditions. He's bound in chains for the sake of the gospel. Of course he'd be exhausted. Of course he would yearn and long for heaven, but he's telling us that he's still going to live for Christ. And someday when he dies, it'll all be for his gain. Um, and that's just in the very first chapter, he yeah. says that. Yeah. So I'm excited because there's so much richness and there are so many more. It's probably one of the most quotable books. I feel like, hmm. so I, when I was in North Carolina, I, uh, you know, you're trying to take, a break. You're trying to like get some rest and clear your head, but you know, you got to preach in a couple weeks. So I had my phone set up while I was like doing my hair and makeup or something. And I just let Bible gateway read me the book of Philippians out loud, all four chapters. It really doesn't take that much time in the time it takes for me to put on eyeliner. I can listen to the entire book of Philippians. And it just was like, Oh yeah, I forgot that was in there. Oh yeah. That's in this book. All this quotable, powerful, foundational stuff is all in the book of Philippians. And that's why I'm so excited to start the year this way. It's like Mm -hmm. we're, we're getting a firm footing in our faith in the month of January. Mm -hmm. Um, It's going to get really good. Yeah. The thing that I learned or 
is evident about Paul is that he prays a lot just in the first 11 verses. It's like, it's what he's praying for about these, for these people. Yeah. Um, and maybe it's because like letters have gone the way of the dodo that <laughs> I'm like, man, imagine what it would feel like even today receiving a letter from somebody you haven't seen. I mean, today it'd be like an email, but imagine receiving a letter from somebody you haven't seen in a long time. And they say things like, uh, um, whenever I pray, I make my requests for all of you with joy and you have a special place in my heart and God knows how much I love you and long for you with the tender compassion of Christ Jesus. Like imagine somebody saying that to you, you're going to feel really good about yourself. You're going to feel really encouraged Mm -hmm. and good. And so not only the thing that I learned was that not only just does he pray a lot, but like he's really intentional about telling people that he's a, he's praying for them and like really intentional about like what he's trying to communicate. Like I am laser focused and this Mm -hmm. is the most important thing. And, and, uh, I, you need to know that these are the things I'm praying for you about. Yeah. I think that for me, when I was in Bible school back in college, like I remember feeling like I like everybody in the Bible. I like all the good guys in the Bible, except Paul, because he was just a jerk. That's that was my mentality of him. <laughs> and I'll explain why. I think it was because everything I understood about Paul was in the context of him being this like kind of this angry rule following stickler. And it was because the the passages from Paul that people wanted to quote at, at my conservative Christian school were all the passages that people would try to use to clobber everyone else over the head with, well, this is the theological truth. No, this is, well, Paul says this. And so yeah. really my only exposure to Paul was in the context of like theological debates mm. and, and, you know, and people would use his specific statements about, about this moral thing or that moral thing, or, you know, Think people would make a huge deal out of issues like women should be subject to their husbands and all that, like, or, you know, should submit to their husband. That, that was all I ever heard was that. And I, I built mm-hmm. a mental picture in my mind of this man who was just this grumpy jerk. And what I've come to realize now is it's not that he's this happy go lucky, like, you know, he's not just like a, a hippie running around like just, hey, can I give you a hug? He He's passionate. But I think the, the key um, distinctive of Paul is not that he's grumpy. It's that he's zealous. He's a zealous man. And he he feels so deeply and so passionate. And he's willing to give himself to the message of Christ with his whole life. He's willing to he loves people with his with it from his guts. He loves the Philippians. He he is so passionate about the truth that when when people are spreading false doctrine, he he wants to he wants to take them on directly. You know, he's such a passionate, zealous guy. And so that there are probably moments where he says things that I'm like, oh, man, Paul, that that I don't love that you said it that way. But but there's other times where I realized, like, I never even saw that because I didn't I I didn't think it fit his character. But now that I see mm-hmm. him so zealous, I can see how it plays out in so many of the things that he that he says and the ways that he that he responds and feels. So that that has been kind of my movement of Paul <laughs> recently. And yeah. Uh, yeah, I think he's he's given a a bad reputation by people who who just don't like him because of the way that his words have been used to bash everybody over the head. Hmm. Well, he may have a bad reputation, but if you remember uh, almost three and a half years ago, three and a half, two and a half years ago, (laughs) 
we did a uh, March Madness Bible character <laughs> tournament, and he won. So. I forgot yes. about that. I forgot we did that. <laughs> um, all right, so let's talk a little bit about world in front of the text stuff. So this yeah. is the this is the part where we talk about like what does this have to do with me and my life and my my world. Um, for me, if I'm putting if I'm putting myself in the place of receiving this letter, I read words like I'm in partnership and spreading the good news. And so mm-hmm. I started thinking about like, I'm wondering if I'm holding up my end of the bargain in this partnership. Mm-hmm. Like, am I am I someone who Jesus like am I the way I live my life? Am I someone who Jesus would consider a, a, a partner? Do do you two? who I work with in ministry, consider me like a partner in spreading good news. Um, would my church, like, I think that that part, that was, that was the part that like stood out as you were reading this, or as I was reading this, I was, I, I heard the, I'm in partnership in spreading good news with, with the church of Philippi and, or they are my partner. Or we're in partnership. Hmm. And I, I, I heard that, saw that word. And I was like, am I holding my end of the bargain of this partnership up? Because sometimes it doesn't feel that way. What, what, what about you guys? What stood out in terms of world in front of the text for you? I think that's interesting that that stood out to you, first of all. <laughs> <laughs> because aren't you kind of the guy over the communications I know, department? Very like, sad. I, I think you're doing it. I think you're spreading the good news. Yeah. Quite literally. Way to go. <laughs> uh, I, for me, I think... I mean, I mentioned it in the message, but the, the words, what really matters stood out to me and, and that it, Paul obviously is giving, dedicating himself to what really matters. Like to him, Mm -hmm. this is sharing the good news about Jesus. That is, that is what matters. And he's willing to do anything as long as that's coming to fruition, as long as that's happening. And so that to me has been important looking at 2021. And I said this in the message, but just as I think about this year, I mean, COVID stripped away from us a lot of normal, like a lot of the things Mm. that we used to do, a lot of the people we used to see. And so now that we're potentially going to enter a time of rebuilding our lives, our kind of normal lives a little bit over the next year or so, I want to do it, but I don't want to, I don't want to rebuild the things that don't matter. I want to rebuild the things that do matter and have the relationships that do matter. And so, um, and to me, like, I mean, I've obviously, I, I, have given myself to be a pastor. I, I consider that to be kind of like a, a calling that I've sort of dedicated myself to and I'm willing to sacrifice for, but it is probably easy. It not, it's not probably, it is easy to default to thinking that just because I'm a pastor, I must be focusing on what really matters, which is totally mm. not the case. You can drift and and be in ministry and not focus on what really matters. And so I, I think it's just a reminder to me to just redouble my efforts to make sure I am paying attention to uh, in what ways is my life built on the gospel? In what li- in what ways is my life built on on doing what really matters to bring about God's purposes in the world? So yeah. that for me, it's a good reminder. And it's it's beginning of a new year. So it's an appropriate time to make those kinds of evaluations, but that's what Paul's words did for me. Yeah. For me, um, my mom's favorite scripture was Philippians one twenty one: to live is Christ and to die is gain. So this just listening to the book, listening to all is what four chapters in this book. Mm-hmm. Um, it made me think of her. It made me long for heaven. I definitely hmm. resonate with Paul's longing and yearning. 
and exhaustion, <laughs> but determination and dedication to conduct our lives in a manner worthy of the calling of Christ. And to conduct your lives means to do and to behave. And so I just was talking to my very favorite non-Christian friend about this the other day. <laughs> she likes to text me at random. And uh, yeah, we, we had a conversation about um, essentially Christians that she knows who don't live lives of self-giving love, who turn a blind eye to the cries of the poor, who basically... Um, as scripture would say, their God is their own bellies, right? Mm. They just live for themselves. And she's saying, you're telling me that just because, you know, they said a prayer when they were 12 years old, they get a get into heaven free card, like they get a mm. pass. Mm -hmm. And so we had a really good, deep conversation, rich conversation about this. And I told her that Christ is not content for us just to sit back and wait for heaven. So as much as I long for heaven and I yearn for heaven and reading Philippians makes me do those things, it is also calling me to live and conduct myself in a matter worthy of the gospel. And like Barry and like you, Tyler, that's the question I ask myself all the time. Mm -hmm. Am I doing this by rote? Am I doing this because it's my job? Am I on autopilot? Or am I really dedicated to this? And if I'm not, God, would you just breathe fresh life, breathe mm -hmm. new life into me and let's do this. Like, I, I don't want to be tired. I want to run the race with endurance, but uh, I'm going to wait on you because <laughs> I'm feeling depleted. I need you to come fill me. So all of the things, that's yeah. what it did for me. All those things. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. It is interesting because because for him, he's his his logic a little bit later in chapter one, which I'll get into this weekend is basically like, all right, if I die, I get to go be with Christ and it's great. Right. If I live, then I get to go and spread the word about Christ. And that's great. Um, <laughs> and then he says, he says, uh, you know, I'd love to I'd love to go be with him. But for your sakes, it's better that I continue <laughs> to live. And then he goes, yeah. so that's why I'm probably going to get out of jail. I'm probably out of here <laughs> because it's better for you that I live and that's why I'm here, <laughs> you know? And I just love that. I love that way, that line of thinking. It's, it's like, if I'm not going to die, well then why not give myself to what really matters? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm excited. Um, I'm excited to continue on in the series. I'm excited about the Facebook group. I want to see what everybody else is thinking as, as we go through Philippians together. Um, and, and you mentioned this in the, in the sermon, but I want to reiterate if, uh, reading's not your thing, or if you just love Tim Ayers, like he's got videos every week of, of digging a little deeper into some of this, uh, some of these passages and Barry, you're doing a, uh, Facebook live later this month, right? You're on uh, January 20th. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Or is it the 21st? Doing... No, 20th. You're right. You're right. Facebook live Q and a 7 a.m. or 7 p.m. on the 20th. Yes. And people, if you, if you have questions about this, um, I'm sure you can submit them in the moment, but we, I think we'd prefer like, if you go to the BYOB page, you can have a, you know, opportunity to submit your questions ahead of time. So Barry can kind of plan and, um, think about how he might respond to some of your answers. So go, so go submit your questions there. Um, yeah, we're doing a bunch of other stuff this month, but we're also doing a webinar. Are we talking about that yet? Or is that a secret? <laughs> we're going to do a webinar. Yeah. So, um, I think that's January 27th. So mark Correct. your calendars. Um, everybody's going to be involved. Barry, Marin, Amy, Tim, <laughs> uh, I'm going to, 
host a little bit, but it's going to be an hour long and it's going to be basically like a crash course in BYOB. Um, Mm -hmm. what are we talking about when we talk about this stuff? How can, how can friends of the pod or, uh, folks who are paying attention to, to these sermons and these, uh, themes, how can you guys talk about it to people? Like whether it's in your small groups or neighbors or whatever, how do you talk about the Bible and how, how can we, how can we, uh, be unified in our approach to, to, to understanding and increasing how we, uh, how we learn and, and engage with, with scripture. So that, that's going to be later this month, January 27th. So market calendars, we, we've got a lot of work to do to, to, (laughs) (laughs) to figure out what we're going to be doing, but it'll be, it'll be fun. I'm looking forward to it. And if you Um, have, if you just want to hang out and goof off and have no, probably no like biblical anything, but just hang out and get connect. I'm going to be Twitch streaming every Wednesday at 5 PM this month. Uh, so it's just me playing video games and chatting with whoever's online. It's going to be uh, random. What are you playing? Today, which will be probably early past the time that people will hear this, but I'm playing a, an indie game called neon abyss. And then I think, I might try to play another uh, segment of <laughs> Untitled Goose Game, right Untitled Goose Game with Olivia because that was really fun last time. And then, yeah, uh, I there is a game I want to play with Ephraim. Uh, I want to play a co-op game with Ephraim, but unfortunately, it's like it's a it's like a gun violent game kind of thing, and so Can't it's definitely it. not appropriate friendly. for children. And so I think we might try to find a time where we can do like like do it at like ten thirty or eleven p.m. and have it be like <laughs> Twitch with Pastor Barry after dark or something like yeah. that, so that the kids wouldn't be in danger <laughs> oh, of seeing it. <laughs> anyway, it's it's just fun and it's just a random goofy way to just like hang out. So cool. Uh, where do we head this weekend? What's next for the series? So now, I mean, technically this next segment will be about the first three reading assignments that we have on listed on the page. And it's going to be basically the rest of chapter one, or at least from verses 12 through 26. That's what I'm going to look at uh, this weekend. All right. So everybody do your homework, come prepared. Yeah. And uh, then to, hang out on, on the Facebook group and, and share your yeah. thoughts and questions. And I'm just posting random stuff on there all the time. So enjoy. Cool. All right. Until then, we'll see you. Uh, wait, on the other I'm side of Sundays. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was trying to think of if I'm going to see you guys again this week. I'm not going to. Am Who I? Who knows? Who knows? I don't know. Probably not. Um, yeah. So, Marin, will you please send us out? Sure thing. Do justly, love mercy, and walk humbly with your God. And we'll see you on the other side of Sunday. 